Ready to start? Yeah, sure. Excellent. Hello, I'm Jessica Kenzo Collins, and this is the Inside the Dual Vault podcast. Each episode, I ask my guests to choose the six gems or jewels they would put into their fantasy dual vault. I hope you enjoy listening. We recorded this episode remotely. I am delighted to welcome Katerina Perez to the dual vault. Katerina is a pioneering jewellery blogger with over 300,000 Instagram followers who track her glittering journey in fine jewellery every day. Russian-born, Katerina worked as a freelance journalist and content editor for Russian and English magazines. She studied gemology at the Gemological Association of Great Britain, the GEMA, here in London, and founded her own blog devoted to fine jewellery in 2013, whilst working in jewellery retail in London. In the years since, Katerina has featured an amazing quantity of high jewellery, all curated with her flair and taste, and champions the work of talented jewellers all across the globe. Welcome, Katerina. I can't wait to see what you've got for us inside the Jewel Vault. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, Katerina, you have worked with some of the most incredible jewellery designers and artists and the most astonishing gems in the world. So how have you managed to pick only six amazing pieces for your vault? What is the criteria you've used? Uh, that was definitely tough because you can imagine how much jewellery I see on a daily basis. But I try to pick the pieces which uh, have a personal meaning to me. Uh, some of them are very beautiful. Others evoke certain emotions. Some of them are related to certain um, important uh, events in my life, like my engagement frame, for example. So the basis uh, of uh, my choice was the emotions and the meaning behind jewelry. Also, I feel that um, jewelry is not just a pretty object. It has to mean something to us. It's a, uh, an, an emotional piece, right? So that's why, you know, there's six which were quite tough to pick. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. So take us back to your childhood, back to where your journey in jewelry started. You were born in Russia, is that right? So I was born in St. Petersburg and raised, and I graduated from university there. And uh, I was born in a family of artists. My mom restores paintings, and my father, he restores antique furniture. So the art aspect was always with me. It just took me some time to understand what is true art for myself. I don't really know how to draw. I don't know much about furniture, but I see jewelry as a form of art, which I personally gravitate towards, which I adore and which I want to know more about. And this was the basis of starting um, my website and social media to share with everyone out there the beauty of this form of art and also educate. <laughs> Almost like an evangelical mission for you. For sure. So back in St. Petersburg with your art-loving art family, were you exposed to jewellery there? Yes, in fact, the first, let's call it, exposure to jewellery was through my grandmother, who loved jewellery as much as I do, and she had an extensive collection, but it wasn't precious. So back at that time, uh, normally a jewellery box will be filled with uh, gemstones, but it will be malachite or amber or something less precious than uh, diamonds and sapphires and rubies but of course for a child I remember I think I was about two or three years old when I first discovered jewelry and in fact obviously I don't remember this but this is something which came back to my memory after my mother showed me this photo of mine of two years old where I'm covered 
in my grandmother's jewelry. So I thought, you know, I've always had it. I've always loved it. It just was a matter of time until I really understand, you know, how I can feed this passion into something bigger. <laughs> so that's just wonderful. Actually, you shared with us this fabulous photograph of you as a small child, and you are literally smothered in gems and beads and necklaces. It must have been so much fun as a little girl. Exactly. And I still look, what do I do now? I travel all over the world. I meet different designers. I go to different exhibitions. And I continue my childhood dream because I still do the same. I still try all of those beautiful pieces of jewelry on. The only thing which has changed is the level of my knowledge and appreciation and uh, the reason why I do it. But at that time, it was a subconscious desire to... You know, admire all this beauty. <laughs> well, the only difference now is that you're doing it with uh, 350,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, now, <laughs> now I don't just admire it, I share with many people out there. But at that time, it was for me to explore the beauty of jewelry and to understand what I like about it and what fascinates me. Because honestly, it's a big, big passion. And I think one of the things why I have uh, quite good following is because people can really feel that passion. It's not just about, oh, look, this is sparkling, this is pretty. No, it's about how jewelry speaks to me, what it means to me, what is the difference between all the pieces of jewelry I encounter, what's good, because, you know, I'm super selective with what I show. Uh, I believe that I curate really well, because for me, again, since it's art, I want to select the best to show to my audience. It's it's like taste making, you know, helping them to, uh, you know, grow this, um, you know, selective taste in jewelry. Because, of course, like with every media of art, there is some good examples and not so good examples. So I try to choose the best to show the, what beauty exists out there. Yeah. So it's your grandmother's jewellery box that makes it into your jewel box, first of all. And it's so wonderful that dressing up and playing with jewellery as a little girl sparked your passion. How did your interest in jewellery grow with you as, as you grew up? Well, in the fact, when I was in, uh, at university and at late uh, school years, I used to make my own jewellery. In Russia, it's quite popular to make beaded jewellery, you know, with the little beads. Uh, and I used to create very artistic pieces and I used to actually sell them to my mom's friends. And I had my little audience, you know, who would buy my jewellery from me. And I used to make flowers and trees and different art objects with that as well well uh, it was very interesting but sadly it, it really made my eyesight deteriorate and my mom uh, she invested into you know, an operation to, to do lazy surgery and after I thought okay uh, it would be not fair to continue with this and maybe risk uh, you know recurrent uh, how do you say deterioration of this eyesight so that, that's why for some time I forgot about it and uh, then I moved to the UK and then I was working in retail and eventually you see like when it's your destiny it finds you so eventually I started working in a jewelry boutique and this is when all this passion and emotion came back to me and I was like what was I doing all these years I was meant to be related with jewelry so so long ago you know why was I wasting my time but at the same time, I understand you have to go through certain stages in life. And maybe if I was exposed to jewelry right away, uh, it wouldn't be the same, you know, so. So you were writing uh, as a freelance journalist, is that? Yes. Yeah, so I was working in retail and writing at the same time. 
for some time. Mm -hmm. And then when did you set up your own website? So the website I set up when I was working in retail. But of course, in the beginning, it was pure uh, uh, hobby. Uh, I didn't really expect it to turn into something important, uh, to have been following, to um, be read by thousands and hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world. So it was simply to feed my passion for writing and for jewelry. Um, and slowly, slowly, I saw how it was developing. Uh, and of course, you know, at some point, um, my employee came to me, uh, sorry, my employer came to me and said, look, uh, you know, <laughs> you're working with us, but you write about other jewelers. We don't feel comfortable with that, which is correct. My employer told me, you know, now people recognize you. So we don't also feel comfortable that you write about other jewelers and you work with us, which is understandable. And I also could relate to that. And I said, yes, sure. You know, I, I know where you're coming from. And I took the risk, you know, I spoke with my husband and he said, okay, let's, let's do it. You know, you can carry on, you know, feeding your passion through writing and we'll see, you can always go back to retail, which is true. And that's what I've done. At that time, I had some um, people who supported me in the first steps because, of course, it's quite risky, you know, to go from a secure full-time job to undefined future, really. So, but you see, at the end, it all worked out for me through hard work, through passion, through yes. desire to do more and better. Yes, lots of hard work, I can imagine. And it was a huge pioneering step to take at the time, particularly in the world of jewellery. So, Katerina, what jewels were you seeing then at that point that inspired you to take this big new step? So, one of the jewels which actually I did encounter when I worked with uh, my last employer, uh, Bogosian family, because they're known for really rare and unusual gemstones and uh, collectible jewels. And in fact, one of the pieces which I'll never forget, because honestly, when I worked with them, I was exposed to such a wealth of real treasures like pre real jewel treasures it wasn't just about the design which was also extraordinary but the actual stones were sometimes exceptional like the one jewel i remember i don't know if they still have it is uh, a necklace with a chameleon diamond and in fact even though i studied gemology uh, before that i never even seen a chameleon diamond or i don't even remember studying about it in uh, my gma classes so for me, it was a real revelation that there is a thing like a chameleon diamond. I remember I used to take it out of the safe, you know, because it does really change the color from uh, like when it's in the darkness and when you bring it out to light. Um, I think like from olive, from like orangey to olive green. And it was magic. You know, it was yeah. one thing to describe jewelry. It's true magic. Yes, they're the rarest gems. In fact, in 30 years, I've only seen one. There you go. Yeah, it's super rare. But at that time, I was simply enchanted by gemstones and I understood why, because they are wonders of nature and uh, it's something which is beyond our power to create. It's, um, it's from above. Mm. That's so well put. So that's your second item in the vault is this amazing chameleon diamond. Is it a pendant? That was a necklace, yeah. It's a necklace by Bogosian. And can you explain, can you describe it to us? So the necklace 
at that time, I remember it was a big heart-shaped uh, chameleon diamond, so it's like of olive color in the center. And it was set on a bed of uh, um, like greenish tourmalines, which were arranged as a rays of sun, basically, around the neck. So it was kind of an extravagant, very avant-garde design, uh, which was one of the signatures of Bogosian. You know, they're quite daring in their jewelry designs. And, and this is one of the reasons why I like the pieces so much. Yes, they have an astonishing technique. Don't they? So that's piece number two. What is piece number three? Tell me, I know this is going to be a very special piece to you because it's your engagement ring. Yes, my engagement ring. I think it's... Uh... Of course, it's very important emotionally because it's uh, um, uh, an engagement ring, right? Like for everybody else. But I think what I remember about it, at that time, I wasn't uh, related to jewelry much. And I didn't write about jewelry or knew really... Uh, I didn't have such deep knowledge about jewelry at that time. And I remember looking through the magazine and, you know, like for any girl, uh, the blue box is a little dream, right? So if you say a blue box, Tiffany, you know... It, becomes uh, something you'd really want to have so I saw an advertisement in the magazine there was a ribbon and on that ribbon there was a set of five different engagement rings from Tiffany and I just said to my husband you know what there's one of these which I really like and when he proposed some time ago it was actually the one I liked that's why probably <laughs> I you know has such special meaning to me as well because at that time my husband read my mind somehow and he proposed me with the, my dream ring. So, of course, it, it has a wonderful memory for me and uh, a special place in my heart. Yes, of course. So tell us, what is the ring like? So the ring, to be honest, it's called the Tiffany setting. It's a very traditional ring. Uh, it has a diamond sitting on a simple platinum band. Uh, and it's a signature design of Tiffany, which is called a knife edge. So it's kind of pointy uh, band. But it's perfect to wear with other jewelry because there is nothing on it, just platinum and one single diamond. That's why I really yes. liked it. A simple classic. And you wear it every day? I'm actually really bad with uh, wearing jewelry uh, on a regular basis because I really change it depending on my mood. And I would never take it to my business trips because I'm always so paranoid about leaving it somewhere. When I go to exhibitions or to meet jewelry, as you can imagine, I try so many things and I'm always too scared that I'm going to just leave it somewhere, getting too excited about other pieces. So I, I personally don't feel that it's a necessity to wear even your engagement pieces. Like, I don't need to prove anybody my commitment and my love to my husband, but uh, um. It's a sentimental piece which I always have in my jewelry box or wear. So it's not for me an everyday ring, but uh, uh, it's definitely a very special one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Katerina, you started your website in 2013 and now you travel the world meeting artists and designers in gold and, and precious metals and gemstones. How has your career blossomed so well? I mean, it's really taken off. You know, it all comes to the few basic things. One of them, of course, is passion. Because in fact, um, I believe do it with passion or don't do it at all. Uh, it's a big uh, um, motivation and... Uh, um, you know, big source of energy as well, because in fact, it's very difficult to understand how much actually goes behind the scenes, how much work uh, needs to be done to achieve um, 
to achieve so much, you know, to have the website running on a regular basis, to have social media channels uh, being constantly updated. You have to generate ideas all the time. But behind the scenes, you know, you have to go and meet people. You have to create that content. You have to always imagine what's the next step. How do I present the information I have to people? So it's fascinating. So in reality, it was due to hard work and uh, passion and always desire to achieve uh, more. Uh, for me, uh, this is the most interesting part that in my work, I wear so many hats. So I am a writer, I am a content creator, I photograph jewelry, uh, I build business. No one taught me a single thing how to do. I'm super curious about many different things. So I've learned about by trial and error, by self-education, by listening to others' advices, by studying case studies, you know, and I carry on doing this every day because once I've achieved one uh, thing in my career, I want to do more. Um, now I'm developing my first course in jewelry and gemstones. So there's always something new and interesting to learn and to develop. This is the best thing. But of course, you know, it all comes down to hard work. You do admire the work of artists, don't you? So talk us through item four in the vault. Yeah, my very coveted item four is sadly not something I own, but something I would love to have in my jewelry box. It managed to escape it in a way because once I've seen this ring, uh, it's a ring by Salvador Dali. It was the original design which uh, his jewelry in New York uh, manufactured. And in fact, it was the original. There were a few um well a few of those kind of rings it's uh, angel's wings made in gold and you have three small diamonds in the center and there is dali written on the ring um the few of these rings were made at the time and in fact uh, the uh, the, the jewelry dealer who had it, uh, they were exhibiting at Masterpiece. So that was maybe five years ago. Uh, they had the papers as well to prove the provenance that it's an original piece. But at that time, it, for me, it was expensive. I couldn't afford it. And uh, now, obviously, I can afford it. And it's not there. You know, it's been sold at that time. And now I regret it so much. That's why my philosophy in life, often, if you really, really want something, you have to find a way to have it because you're going to regret so much after yes how many of these were made uh i think maybe it's oh i'm not gonna lie i don't know but i think around seven or eight something like this but the reason why this is so important to me is because i'm a big admirer of the salvador dali and his art and his crazy mind so that's why for me it was so special it would have been so special to have a piece of him and his imagination like on my finger but I'm still hoping that one day I will be able to find it at some maybe auction house or at another antique jewelry dealer or I haven't given up yet, but it's like one of the dream. Well, what was it you said earlier that when it's your destiny, it will find you? So maybe it will come back to you. Yeah, you have to send the signals to the universe. Yes, that's so right. So tell us about beautiful item five in your vault. So my blue butterfly, I think it's one of the craziest jewelry purchases which I've had. Um, it is a big titanium earring uh, with the blue titanium and a little bit of diamond and the blue zircon in the center. It's a solar earring. So you only wear once. It's quite huge. So I call it my mascot. You know, it's uh, my little pet, which I wear uh, actually quite regularly. Uh, even though it's a statement piece, I don't want to wait for an occasion to wear it. If I love it, it goes well with jeans, it goes well with some dress. 
uh, it's a dress piece, but I want to look good and happy and enjoy it whenever I want, right? And not when the society dictates that. So this is my theory, actually, with my work. Like, I want women to really enjoy jewelry, to understand it, to desire it, to buy it, to enjoy wearing it, and not to think of what are the norms. I believe we create our own norms of how jewelry should be styled and worn and when. So... Oh, I can hear your little boy. <laughs> Great. So tell us about your blue butterfly. Who designed it? So the, the, it's not a, a designer who sells to their final client. It's a, a designer who works for one of the jewelry houses. Um, so sadly, I can't share the name. Um, but it's, it was a, a very spontaneous purchase. As I said, sometimes I believe jewelry chooses us, not we choose jewelry. And in fact, it happened at Basel World. I was at one of the Basel World exhibitions. And I went to see my friend and her brother. He sells uh, gemstones so usually I admire his gems and I saw this butterfly and they said oh take it wear it a little bit you know you love jewelry I would like you to wear it for some time so I put it on and for a few hours I had it on and then I'm like I cannot part with it this has to be with me and <laughs> you know the, the reason why I say it's one of the craziest jewels of mine because it wasn't so cheap you know I don't normally buy jewelry I have my jewelry as gifts because they have to have some emotional value uh, and good intention and positive vibes and if I just buy jewelry for myself it kind of loses its magic for me because my personal opinion on jewelry I don't buy it for the beauty of it I, I buy it for the emotion I get with it and when I wear it it's like a talisman my jewelry are mostly talismanic but with this one you know the butterfly chose me so I, I had to work it out how to have it <laughs> So it it was uh, it was meant to be. Yeah, it's obviously meant to be. So um, tell us about um, your piece number six in the jewel vault. This is a very intriguing looking bracelet. So the bracelets uh, in my number six, it's uh, a jewel which was gifted to me by a friend of mine from Qatar, uh, Reem. She is a jewelry designer from a brand called Witter, and in fact. You know, as I said, she has such a, a positive, lovely personality. When she gifted this eye bracelet to me, it was designed by her. It's a gold piece with a, an eye inlay with turquoise and... Um, I can't remember what other stones there are, but uh, it's a beautiful eye, which actually reminded me a little bit of Salvador Dali type of eye as well. That's why I fell in love with it instantly. And she just couldn't help it. She's like, you have to have it. Like, I see how much you love it. Take it. That was a bit of a shock, but I said, okay, well, you know, it was probably also meant to be. If you want me to have it, I will have it and it will be my talisman of good luck. Which it is, because I also has um, certain symbolism coming from the right person together. I feel this is a very powerful jewel for me. So I wear it quite often as well. Um, you know, jewelry has so much meaning to those who own it. Well, to, to those who own the pieces from uh, jewelry is capable of empowering women, of altering the mood, of uh, uh, making you happier. So that's why I feel that it's important to have jewelry and to wear it and to, you know, help it feel happy. Yes, a positive force. That's right. That's a good definition. Um, so, Katerina, tell us, with your travels all around the world, you're exposed to so many new ideas and trends. Um, where in the world excites you at the moment for new design, new jewellery design? In fact, I find that 
Greek designers are really uh, being um, very inventive with their well, with their designs uh, and techniques as well. Uh, they're really thinking outside the box uh, and creating something which I don't see well, which I don't see much on the market and which I haven't seen before. So I really salute the Greek designers. Um, they really explore their creativity and this is what I like. It's admirable to see people not focusing, well, to see designers not focusing on uh, the commercial aspect of design and of their jewelry, but to really express themselves through what they create. For me, DNA of a jeweler, of a brand, of a designer is very, very important. Uh, this is what I look for when I uh, well, scrutinize different pieces of jewelry. Is it original enough? Does not uh, does it reflect the personality of the designer? Uh, how does the idea, um, something that is intangible, right? How can a designer turn it into something that can be worn? And how they express themselves through jewelry? This is something really interesting to see. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so, Katarina, do you have a soft spot for any particular designer? Honestly, there is quite a few. <laughs> you see, it's always... This is one of the most popular questions. Katarina, who's your favorite jeweler? It's like when you ask a, a mom who's your favorite child, you know, everyone is so different. There's jewelers who are amazing at enamel work. There's jewelers who are amazing at gold. Those who are being really inventive with inlay. Others really exceed in their gem setting. I mean, it's simply impossible to highlight one or two, even ten. Uh, especially with my level of outlook, you know, the amount of jewelry and jewelers that I see on a regular basis, it makes it completely impossible to choose. But I know that in terms of, for example, techniques, that can be a little bit well easier in a way because I like to see techniques which are not very easy to uh, create, like gemstone inlay, for example. I love the art of inlay and how one stone is placed in another stone or it's uh, made in a form of mosaic to create a pattern out of gemstones. Or I love it when designers work with uh, unusual materials like aluminium, like titanium. Um, even things like Boucheron, for example, they created in the past jewelry with uh, marble. They created just now jewelry with um, one of the very interesting materials recently used by Boucheron and jewelry is called Aerogel, uh, which is in fact... Uh, um, it was used by NASA in the Stardust project for capturing Stardust. It reminds you of sky, uh, like a little cloud. And in fact, it was perfect for uh, the collection. Um, and the necklace is called a drop of sky. So it was just ideal to representing this little cloud captured uh, on the neck. Oh, that sounds magical. It's brand new. So it just uh, was launched uh, last month. I'll go and find your article about it. For sure. So for those of us who don't really understand Instagram, how do you make it a business that generates an income? With Instagram, you have to be really creative and you have to really analyze the audience, see what they like, what they need, how to make them excited. Of course, the basic of um, well, blogging, let's call it blogging, is advertisement. But for me, it's very important uh, to really balance 
um, not to make my Instagram look like uh, it's a selling platform or that uh, you know brands just pay me and I post whatever. Uh, I don't work on that basis. Um, I only post what I really like and I let brands pay me for that. It might sound a little bit arrogant, but this is the way it is because the most important thing for me is to be true to myself and really showcase uh, my um, my taste and what I really like in jewelry. And in fact, I get a lot of uh, um, positive comments and a lot of appreciation for being um, true to myself. So, so you're maintaining your level of authority and integrity. Exactly. This is why I'm always on the lookout for new jewelers or new designers who I haven't met before. I do a lot of research uh, to find the designers who will potentially be of interest to my audience and to feature them. Um, collaboration, it's not uh, the goal, but it's uh, obviously a positive uh, uh, side of my business because I have a big team. I have to support my family and my team and grow my business. And also... Uh, I don't think, uh, um, you know, followers can really understand how much one needs to invest, not only on the level of time or uh, workforce, but also financially to create photo shoot, to create uh, uh, beautiful collages, which I offer, uh, even to travel to exhibitions, you know, and stay in hotels and flying on the planes and, uh, you know, all these expenses also have to be taken care of. So that's why... I think nowadays uh, it's normal, uh, it, it's a job to be a blogger and people understand. When I started seven years ago, uh, brands wouldn't understand why they would want to invite me to their exhibitions or to their jewelry uh, showcases. Why would they even want to go and see and write online what is online? When now I get invited along with all the other important print editors. So it's equally important right now. It's just a different media. And in fact, I think many of the listeners, you know, those who listen to this podcast, they'll also agree that um, most of the time they would consume information online through their phones rather than buying a magazine. So it's a new way of uh, uh, learning about things in the world. So Katerina, where will your journey in jewelry take you next? Oh, good question. Right now, I'm really working on developing new markets in my work. I've recently just started uh, social media in Asia because this is a market which I'm very interested in. Uh, I can see how much uh, people in Asia appreciate jewelry and design and gemstones, and I really want to talk to them more. Uh, so I have a team in uh, Shanghai who take care of my social media there. Um, and... Um, I hope that this is a new market for me and I can grow and develop it uh, further. Yeah, well, I, I think your unique blend of knowledge and passion and your deep connection to jewellery and what it means and how it can enhance our lives can only be you know, welcome over there. And the fact that I create my own content, so I don't just repost pictures or post what brands share with me. I go and see, I filter through my knowledge and through my vision, and then I present it in my own way. It's very important for me to stay true to myself, to my taste, to my vision of jewelry, and uh, uh, to have uh, people who follow me to be a part of my jewelry community. I don't see them as my followers. I see them as my soulmates in a way you see everyone who is there with me who likes my pictures who comments it's much more personal journey to me than maybe to uh well a blogger the in the meaning that we're used to like a person who posts and that get paid and uh, 
you know, they showcase their maybe life on Instagram. Uh, I feel for me it's different as my personal journey and I'm super happy to have all these people on this journey with me. Yeah, that's, well, that's beautifully put. So Katerina Perez, you have six very beautiful and very meaningful, quite unique pieces in your fantasy jewel vault, starting with your grandmother's jewellery box, the chameleon diamond necklace by Bogosian, your classic diamond Tiffany engagement ring, the Salvador Dali wing ring, your beautiful blue butterfly earring, and finally the inlaid eye bracelet by Wita. And as you know, the rule of the vault is, if you can only keep one piece safe and secure forever, which piece would it be and why? The engagement ring. I think we all agree that, uh, you know, an engagement ring is uh, the most important jewel in every woman's life. And even though it's very simple design and I know it can be replaced, the intention of when this ring was given to me can never be replaced. So that's why it's, uh, you know, I can buy another blue butterfly. Uh, the eye, I know this friend uh, will always be my friend and uh, Bogosian ring was more uh, on a bow factor rather than something emotional. Mm, but the engagement is uh, something the most sentimental. Yeah, and the fact that your husband read your mind, he chose the right engagement ring for you. Exactly. Thank you, Katerina. I just want to say um, it's very unusual and rare to find someone with such a passionate and deeply emotional relationship to jewellery. So thank you. It's been such a pleasure to see inside your fantasy jewel vault. The pleasure was all mine to share with you guys a little bit of my journey and I hope I managed to infect you with my passion and <laughs> you'll follow my Instagram and follow in love with jewellery as much as I have. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we did recording it. You can find images of all the wonderful jewels we've been talking about, along with lots more information at our website. Just go to vipjewelvault.com forward slash podcast. And I want to hear from you. Tell me, what special pieces would you put into your fantasy jewel vault and why? Every so often I'll be collating your stories into a podcast of their own. So please get in touch and of course rate, review and subscribe so we can keep these conversations as meaningful and joyous as we can. Thank you.